you need to have some sort of benchmark for yourself that you could say, okay, because a lot of times, not just with LinkedIn, but with any social, it's a long game. You're farming, even though a lot of times you can be hunting in some of your content that you're posting, it's a long game and you've got to just look at it like that. It's not about, you know, the promotion or the deal that's happening today. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of pro-founding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. Hi, and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. Today's guest is Melanie Borden, who has worked in various atmospheres from public tech companies to private startups, retail automotive, and has now established her own marketing consulting, Melanie Borden LLC. Melanie Borden LLC provides marketing and branding consulting to both businesses and individuals as a resource for guidance, as well as an outsourced marketing department, depending on a client's needs and preferences. As a natural outgrowth of her work as a marketing executive, Melanie has been recognized the op- has recognized the opportunities available to use online marketing strategies to build corporate and personal brands. She has successfully built her own brand and has helped others to do so as well. She has published, has been published or interviewed by Good Morning America, Daily Mail, The Epic Times, Working Mother Media, Auto Remarketing, Hip New Jersey, New York City, BizList, Mega Dealers, and more. Her expertise includes the full gamut of marketing oversight and implementation, such as budgeting, strategic use of vendors, enhancing digital footprints via social media, reputation, management, online monetization, building and managing advertising processes. Melanie provides marketing and branding consulting to both businesses and individuals as a resource for guidance, as well as an outsourced marketing department, depending on clients' needs and preferences. Melanie is also a contributor to two automotive publications, Dealer Magazine, as well as Dealer Marketing Magazine. And Melanie also has is a written author for Our Mommy Works on Cars, which can be found on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and other retailers. Thank you so much, Melanie, for joining us on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the intro. Now I think we're done. <laughs> Yeah, I just told your whole life story right then and there, right? I know, it's true. It's like listening to that, it's like, wow, okay. You know what? Honestly, yes, it was a mouthful, but wow, like seriously, wow. A mother and an entrepreneur and the opportunities that you have seized throughout your career is truly admirable. Um, I know, I do. I am a mother... Um, of four daughters and just reading that um, is very, very inspirational. So I know that your story and what you've accomplished is amazing. Speaking of that, I would love to know what has made you 
feel that you are unstoppable throughout this process. You've accomplished so much. So there must be something along or some things along this journey that has made you realize that you're going to continue to persevere and overcome anything for success. It's a great question. And I'd like to thank the car business for most of it. And the reason I say that is, so I started working in the car business in 2009 and I'm based out of um, the New York metro area. I live in New Jersey now, but for about 15 years or so, I lived in New York city. And when you work in automotive, you're just dealing with so much adversity on a regular basis, especially being female, because there's not a huge amount of women that are in the business. And you know, I like to joke around and say, like, if you can work it, you know, there's this saying, like, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you can make it in the car business in New York, you could pretty much get through anything. And if you've worked in retail, actually in a car dealership, like I have, you're just, you're learning so much, not only about the business and you're learning about yourself and it just teaches you how much that you can handle. And when you go to work in a dealership, you think you're being hired for one position and then you end up taking on so many other responsibilities and different roles and things that you never thought you would be able to handle and take on. And you can, you know, it, it either makes or breaks you. And I definitely think the car business has made me. So I think that it's so fascinating about the car industry in general, because it really wasn't until I started to follow you and to see that there was so much more beyond just a dealership, right? There's, yeah. and, and it's this whole world that I didn't even know and understand. And as I started to follow you and your journey, um, especially through LinkedIn and your growth, um, you know, more people started popping up and I'm like, wow, this is so incredibly fascinating. Yeah. As well as, you know, bringing up that being in a male dominated industry, right? And even if you yeah. feel comfortable, I've said this a million times, like I never not had not felt comfortable being in a male dominated industry in construction, but you still face your challenges and it's really yeah. going to depend on, you know, how well you face them. But also you not only were in a industry with male dominated, but also you're in New York and everyone knows like it can you up and spit you out. Right. You've got to have experience. So I, tell us more about that. How did you get there? You know, a little bit about your background, where you, you know, started and how you sure. ended up in New York. Sure. So I grew up in New Jersey. So, you know, depending on which uh, bridge or tunnel you take, um, I grew up in Northern New Jersey. And I think growing up having grandparents that were from Eastern Europe, it's just a different, I, I think the mindset is different when you're raised because from a very young age, my parents always really encouraged me to work. So I started working when I was 12. And my parents always told me, if you want to have all these nice things. And when I was 12, I had no idea what nice things were, you know, like I knew like different clothes that I wanted to buy, you know, and, and things that I wanted to have, or, you know, um, experiences that I wanted to have, but I didn't know really what it was like, um, to have like a lifestyle that I experienced later on after moving to New York city and seeing how other, you know, kids, my age were raised living in New York city or in you know, on Long Island or in one of the boroughs. But 
I've always worked and I've always loved working and I always have felt, you know, so much, um, not necessarily happiness, but so much satisfaction to earn money. And it's just the way I was raised and, and having that, you know, I'm so grateful for my parents for raising me that way because I know so many other people even now that are my age that are still trying to like figure out their life. And I feel like a big part of it is they didn't necessarily have, you know, that foundation or those fundamentals when they were being raised on, you know, if you work hard, you reap the rewards. And it's funny, you know, we have this whole generation that just wants to be an influencer on Instagram and they don't actually want to work. Yeah, And it's just an interesting perspective because I feel like I'm raising my kids that same way that my parents raised me, where if you want something, you have to work for it. You have to earn it. I mean, now I know there's ways of working smart, so you don't necessarily have to kill yourself <laughs> to, you know, to get to where you need to be. But I think that having that really changed the trajectory of my life where things could have been very different for me had I not had work ethic. Absolutely. And, yeah. And then I moved to New York City for college and I couldn't wait, you know, after living in Northern New Jersey, I couldn't wait to live in New York City. You know, I always thought that I would end up there and stay there. Um, and it was just a great experience living in New York. And I would highly recommend it to anyone who is looking to um, have a new life experience. <laughs> So you had mentioned that you were growing up and, um, you know, you were working at a really young age. I really yeah. resonate with that. Just, um, you know, my dad is an entrepreneur. It's actually, I have a lot of entrepreneurs in my family. They're all, they're all men. So all my uncles, um, my dad, my grandpa on my dad's side of the family. And, um, you know, whenever we wanted money, um, my dad made us work. He'd make us do like whatever, like rake leaves, um, paint our rooms, paint the paint the porch. Like it was always something or even help with whatever, you know, his work had entailed. He'd always be like, hey, I need help for you to do this. And it was just the most menial stuff. But I was like, oh, I need to make money. I want to be self-sufficient. I want to be able to buy whatever I want and not ask anybody. And it's very true. Um, yeah. I really so try to raise my daughters this way, but sometimes life is a little bit, I mean, things are a little bit different, right? I can't be like, hey, go, I mean, at least where we live in Phoenix, I can't be like, go rake the leaves because we don't really have <laughs> right? right? You know, there's other things that we can do. So I'm so fascinated though to know, you know, what, what were you doing? What was it something that ended up inspiring you into getting into the marketing um, or becoming a um, social selling um, guru, as I think that you are? Oh, thank you. So, I mean, when I was in high school, I mean, I did everything from babysitting. I had a camp in the summertime where, you know, we were making jewelry. I worked as a snowboard instructor. I worked in a deli. I worked at a Chinese restaurant. Um, I cocktail waitressed. Well, that was after high school. I waitressed, I bartended. Um, I mean, I just pretty much, I worked for my dad. My dad had a real estate company. So I worked in his office and helped him with like mailers. So I would be like stamping mailers, which is like the most boring job ever. Um, but it was kind of a segue for me to kind of seeing what, you know, you do to market yourself at that time. 
And then after I got my real estate license in New York, when I was still in school, I started marketing myself and this was really before social. So now everyone's going to know how old I am, <laughs> but it was pre, I mean, Facebook was there um, when I was in school, but at the time in 2002, when I went to school, Facebook only had certain universities that were part of their um, collection, if you will. And so I was going to a trade school, which was the Fashion Institute of Technology. And I guess we can talk later about how I went from FIT to the car business. Yes, absolutely. But, <laughs> but you know, the way that you had to market yourself in 2004 and 2005, when I had my real estate license was, you know, door knocking and doing traditional marketing and learning how to create your own brand in those traditional ways. Because at that time, social media didn't exist in the way that it was today. And so it was definitely challenging for me at a young age, being, you know, 19 years old and, and trying to, you know, sell real estate in New York City with literally no network, no connections, no nothing. I worked for another broker and I would do open houses for the broker and I would work with buyers. And then I would try to target different condos and co-ops in New York City by going through these big books that they had of, you know, owners and just calling them and, and going to them. And I loved marketing myself. I would create magazines and different mailers for myself. And I eventually made the decision when I was about 19, you know, when I was done with school, because my, my degree was only two years, um, my dad said to me, okay, so you have two choices. You can either move home and you can look for a job. And I was like, there is no way I'm moving home. Like there is no way I'm going to my hometown. There is no way I'm going back. I'm staying in New York. I wanted to, you know, hang out with my friends and party and, and stay in New York city. And it was just my home. <laughs> and you want to leave, or you can get a job and you can support yourself and we're not going to financially support you in any way. And I was 19 and I was like, okay, I'm going to get a job. And I went through the New York times and I found a publishing house in New York that was looking for someone to help them with advertising sales. And that's how I got into advertising and it evolved into marketing and it, it just kept evolving over the years into where I am today. But without my dad saying to me, you have two choices, you can either move home or you can get a job and support yourself. I might not be here today. That, the journey to get there is, is so interesting because you're not, it's not linear at all. Right. And, and you think like you have a goal, you focus on it, and it could literally take you to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're going to achieve your goal. Right. So yeah. you moved to New York, went to go to uh, fashion school. Mm -hmm. And then while you were going to school, you became a licensed realtor. Uh -huh. And then after school, you started doing advertising. Yep. And I also bartended and I cocktail waitress during that time too. Wow. While I was in school. That's actually expensive. Yes, <laughs> no. Expensive. I, I'm saying wow as in like, you know what? Even when you are bartending, you are gaining customer service, right? You oh, are yeah. how to. That's you know, right. The servitude attitude. Those good tips. And, and really it's all about being friendly and kind which I feel like is a dying trait lately. Right. Um, it's, it's definitely a difficult um, 
thing to do is to keep a smile on your face and to be um, kind when you are exhausted or maybe going through a bad day. So really, right. you learned how to do so many different things and you probably, I mean, I was a baby. I'd love to know more, but you know, you've utilized all of these, these skill sets and they came from so many different areas, but then you were able to kind of plug it in. Um, mm-hmm. So when you started to do advertising, mm-hmm. what did that look like? How, how did that go? And it obviously it was, took you to the car, the automotive. Yeah. So it the auto industry thing happened on accident. And if you talk to anyone who works in the car business, most people landed in the car business on accident. <laughs> There's not a lot of people. There are many people who have, you know, family businesses and, you know, for generations. And there are people that have an intention of going into the car business, but there's also, I would say a significant portion of people who get into the business on accident. Mm -hmm. They might not necessarily. And I said this um, to someone recently, like I didn't grow up thinking that I was going to be an executive who's working in the auto industry. It, It just wasn't something that I thought of, but it happened. And I'm so happy that it did. And it just, you know, one thing led to another and there was an opportunity um, for me to do business development um, for a marketing company in the car business and it shifted and I landed in the car business. So juggling all of the things that you have, right? You had mentioned that, you know, it's expensive. It's it's hard to make it in New York. Um you know, what was, what were some of the things that really helped motivate you to continue and to persevere forward instead of saying, you know what, this is too, this is too hard. I'm going to move back home because that is a very common thing. And I'm sure, you know, your story would help inspire (laughs) other people to just keep going and keep that gumption. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I think the way that I was raised in a certain way, you know, having, you know, this like Russian background, I think that if I didn't have that, I, and my parents weren't, they were a little strict with me. They were definitely, I would say firm with me at, you know, when I was younger. Um, but I didn't really have a choice (laughs) and I think that's what it came down to. And I left, I mean, yes. Did I have a choice when I was 18 years old? Could I move back home with my parents? Yes. Um, but as I got older, I really didn't, I didn't have a trust fund. I didn't have a safety net. I have myself. And that's really what has brought me through, you know, any challenges that I've had, you know, throughout my twenties and my thirties is I, I rely on myself and just knowing that, that I have to now, especially having children, like I, they're relying on me too. Yeah. So I think just having that inner the inner strength and just knowing that and having the confidence to, to be able to do it, Mm -hmm. I think is very helpful. But I I think that's, what's missing with a lot of people today is they're, you know, especially the last couple of years, everything is so crazy, you know, emotionally from isolation and COVID and people just feel like they can't do it and they can, but they have to believe that they can do it because if you don't believe that you can do something, you're not going to. So how long were you in the, in the car industry? 
Um, well, I still have clients today who are in the auto industry, but what's interesting about my company today is when I launched it um, last year, I thought the majority of my clients were going to end up being uh, retailers or car dealers. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is actually the opposite. It's companies and um, marketing companies specifically and other types of companies that serve the auto industry and the car dealers. So what's been interesting is because there's been so much um, happening, and I'm sure you know um, with what's been on the news with the chip shortage, with inventory and so forth, there's just been a lot of volatility in the industry. And so businesses are looking to do something different. They're looking mm-hmm. to you know, go to market differently. They're looking to make a change and, and to differentiate themselves in another way. And so they're coming to me to do that, which has been eye-opening because it wasn't something I had anticipated happening. Yeah. So, um, but now I, I work in, I, st- I consider myself still to be a part of the car business. Um, I have clients in the car business and outside. The clients that I have outside have predominantly come in through LinkedIn, but all of my clients that I have in the industry have been um, generally through relationships that I've had over you know the last 12 years or so. So before starting your um, your consulting company, you were doing what? You were doing the marketing or advertising. Share yeah, a little so- bit more about how that is because I'm really fascinated by, you know, you have not just pivoted, right? It's just this continual growth that I'm hearing you talk about and you're shifting from you know, advertising, marketing, brand building, and, and now storytelling that you're able to share that and help other people. And this is stuff that you've learned. It sounds like on your own, you didn't go to school specifically for that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, um, most recently prior to starting my company, I was running an in-house agency for a Highline, which is a luxury car dealer group that's based out of the New York area. So at the time when I first started working there, there were about six dealerships. And so essentially what myself and my team were, we were the in-house agency, which didn't exist prior to my joining the company. So it was something that I built. So when you think of an advertising agency in the traditional sense, they're doing media planning, media buying, they're managing the budget. Um, With the auto industry, you also have um, a marketing accounting element too because the manufacturer provides um, marketing dollars uh, for the dealers to use based on the inventory supply that they have for new cars. And you know anything vendor management, social media, um, messaging, copy, advertising, anything you could possibly imagine that an agency does, myself and my team handled. And it was great. And, and the CEO of the company also had you know, a commercial real estate business, He had his own brand. So I worked a lot with him on his own stuff as well. Whenever he would go on Fox News or if he was on Newsmax or wherever he was, I would help him with his marketing too, for his personal marketing. And then after I left there, I was at a tech company where it was a similar situation where they already had an in-house agency essentially built. Mm -hmm. And I just stepped in as the VP of marketing. And it was the same thing in terms of, you know, how it was structured, where, you know, you're working internally essentially as an agency. And then over the summer, I made the decision to start my own business because it's something that I had been wanting to do. Mm -hmm. I had um, taken a swing at having my own business back in 2015. 
Um, my second daughter had just been born and I really wanted to work for myself. But the truth is, is I wasn't ready yet. I just wasn't. And I was going through like postpartum depression. I was about to go through a divorce. Like it was just a crazy time in my life and I just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So when I launched my business in um, 2021, I really felt like it was the right time. And I had learned what I needed to learn to help others and help other businesses. I am so grateful that you shared that part about, you know, you had attempted to go into the entrepreneurial world and try it on your own. And it didn't work out at that time, but that didn't mean, and you saw it wasn't not that it wasn't meant for you. Too many times I see people where, you know, they're like, I tried and it didn't work out. So they just continue to do whatever, right? It's, and it's, they're not achieving their dreams and their goals because they hit a roadblock in their life. And it really detours Mm -hmm. them, making them feel like it's not meant for them. And so to hear you say that that's not what it meant. It was just not the right timing is so powerful and so inspiring (laughs) for other people who may be going through the same thing or may have gone through this. And, you know, they're listening to this story and will say, you know, and especially going in and and looking at what you've accomplished to this point, you know, it is meant for everyone, whatever your dream, whatever your goal is, you have to work towards it and you're going to have ebbs and flows. Yeah, your your journey hasn't been linear, even through all the successes you've had. You, you know, we all face trials and, and struggles. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And I think the hardest part for me, like going through that process from, we'll say from 2015 to 2021 was everything I had going on in my personal life was just spilling over into work. And it was just, it was something that I just had to go through. And I know that there are so many people that can relate to that. And it's sometimes it's so hard to separate the two. Mm -hmm. I feel like for women, it's even harder because it's harder for us to compartmentalize where for men, it's so easy to kind of do that. And going through that experience, I'm at the time I was like, not happy about it. But you know, now I think I'm so happy that I went through that because I learned so much and I am where I am now because of that experience that happened. And I, for one, can absolutely relate to that. So um, like I said, I think it's wonderful that you shared that because it's really brings that reality of perspective of Mm -hmm. like life, life itself has its difficulties and you still kind of persevere and figure out these are my business and um, entrepreneurial goals or, you know, your career goals. And you just continue to move through that, even through the hard times. So for advertising, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm trying to see, you know, this picture that you have created in advertising, marketing, branding, Did you, and I'm so fascinated by the fact that you have literally created this on your own. Did you have a mentor or did you really just learn, you know, trial and error? Listen, there's been a lot of people in my life who I've met professionally who have impacted me for sure. But I think in terms of, in, in the sense of, you know, telling me what to do, how to do it. Did I have a coach? 
No, <laughs> I didn't. I, like I said earlier, I mean, I have myself mm-hmm. and, you know, I read a lot. There's a lot of books that I'm reading constantly. And I think reading has also been a really great outlet for me to learn from, you know, other entrepreneurs where they might not necessarily be a mentor in the sense where we're talking like you and I are right now, but there's still a mentor to me where I'm learning. Um, Robin Sharma is a perfect example of one where um, I've learned so much from him and from his books, um, specifically about leadership and to have helped me, you know, look internally at myself you know, just from reading his books. So, um, but there's definitely people in my life throughout my career who have impacted, you know, me in in certain ways for sure. What were some of those aha moments that made you realize like, okay, this really works. And for you, you've grown a huge following on LinkedIn um, with not just in numbers, right? Like people, you can look at people who have a large following, but you have active followers who are very much engaged in the content that you put out. Um, What led you down that route? So it's interesting that you asked that question. So when I first started posting on LinkedIn, I on I mean I I've always had a feeling that it was going to lead to something. I didn't know where it was leading, but I just knew it was going somewhere and I wanted it to go somewhere. And when I had started posting it was right before COVID, like January 2020, I was working with the sales team at the company I was working for on, you know, LinkedIn branding and and strategy and and really Ultimately, it was social selling and building your own brand online. And I just saw this opportunity with LinkedIn because I see, okay, there's millions of people who are on this platform. Less than 1% of people are actually utilizing it like a social platform. You have everyone in the industry. You have all your potential customers. You know, in the dealership world, we call it a PMA or primary market area, which is essentially a dealership selling area. You have everyone in every sort of corporate professional. Everyone is on LinkedIn at some level if they're working. So why wouldn't you focus your efforts on this platform? Mm -hmm. So I started posting and posting. And at the time I had very, a few followers, um, but I, I really wanted this to work because at the time, you know, you have to lead by example. And that's what I was trying to do was really say, okay, I'm doing it. So you do it too. Right. In in a sense, not telling them to do it, but just saying, watch what I'm doing. And now you could do it too. And so I would post about, you know, what I was doing in the dealership, what my day-to-days were like. I would post leadership content because we had, our COO would do these unbelievable leadership meetings with us. And we had this conference room and all over the conference room, there were motivational sayings and quotes. And it was very inspirational. It impacted me tremendously throughout the time that I had worked there because I was going through so much of my personal life Mm -hmm. that it really helped me with that compartmentalizing with kind of separating the personal and the work. And really looking at more of, you know, the bigger picture versus like the little situations that were happening in my life. And I would start posting about it because it was something that was helping me and it was motivating me. And I started doing the same thing. And I started watching, you know, other female and male leaders on LinkedIn and what they were doing and how they were, you know, drawing in an audience. And I thought, well, I could do this too. And I just kept doing it. And I think the differentiator with anyone that you see who has really high engagement is number one, they're consistent. 
they're showing up even when they don't want to. And I know you and I talked earlier about this. Like there are days where I'm like, I don't want to post anything. <laughs> I do not want to look at myself yes. and I do not want to post anything. And it is a lot because I have so much going on in my day. But I do know that the words that we use and the things that we post impact others mm -hmm. and they help other people. And when you're consistent with it, you're consistently a voice and you're consistently someone. And, you know, just like I use the example of Robin Sharma being, you know, a mentor to me from reading his books, there might be someone on LinkedIn that looks at me that way and says, Absolutely. I read, or, or who's looking at you that way and is saying, okay, I'm reading what she's saying. I'm going through this experience in my life. And this really helped me. And I'm sure you have, and I know I have to receive messages from people who have said that. And then I think the second thing that has really helped with standing apart is to think about how, how other people feel when they're reading your content. Mm -hmm. And that's something that also ties back. I mean, it ties back into the consistency and, and having that voice for other people, because just like when you're running a company or you're running a department, you want to be cognizant. You want to be mindful of the things that you're saying, the things that you're doing, because it could impact someone else. Even something that you might not necessarily think, well, this isn't something that would impact me, but it, everyone can perceive anything any way that they want. And that's the same way with social. I mean, we, we could write a post about it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. <laughs> sky is blue. The birds are chirping. There's a deer like frolicking by. And someone could say, it's a horrible day. You know, I see gray clouds. You know, the trees, they're not beautiful. They're ugly. You know, it just, it just, anyone can perceive anything that you do. So I think that the people that you see that have that high engagement, that have the followers, that they're mindful of the things that they're saying and how it's impacting others. And that ties into leadership for sure. When you say consistency, and I mean, I know in my mind what I think is consistency, but I realize that, you know, maybe not everyone really truly understands. Does that mean consistently I post once a week or what does that look like? The reality of consistency. That's a good question. I think whatever you can commit to long-term mm -hmm. is the best piece of advice I could give to someone. So if you can commit long-term to once a week, then do it. And then you're consistently showing up every week. If you can consistently commit to five days a week, then do it. If you can't con consistently show up, meaning however amount of time that is, it, it's, you need to have some sort of benchmark for yourself that you could say, okay, because a lot of times, not just with LinkedIn, but with any social, it's a long game. You're farming, even though a lot of times you can be hunting in some of your content that you're posting, it's a long game and you've got to just look at it like that. It's not about, you know, the promotion or the deal that's happening today. It's, mm -hmm. you know, what value can you bring? What value does your business bring over the course of a long period of time? So that way when someone's in the right place at the right time and they hear your message, they're ready right now. So do you believe in being able to create authentic relationships through social media? Definitely. I, I definitely do. I think, I mean, that's one of the things I love about LinkedIn. I mean, think even the two of us, I mean, we didn't know each other a year ago and we connected through LinkedIn and there are so, I have so many stories like that of people who I never would have met prior to joining LinkedIn and relationship and business relationships that I would have never had um, without being on social media. 
And I think that, you know, everyone's level of um, trans, not transparency and authenticity. I mean, some people feel comfortable with sharing everything. Mm -hmm. And some people like myself, I do feel comfortable sharing, but I don't necessarily have a play-by-play of every single day of my life. Yes. But I give a 30,000 foot view of my life versus, you know, the granular, you know, on the ground every single day view. So I think it just But even giving that, even if it's a smallish or a medium size or whatever size, whatever you give is genuine. I think that's where the authentic um, relationship building is. Um, Because even in person, uh, when I did a lot of B2B before starting Mm -hmm. my company, um, I always loved to hear what other people had to say. And I really wanted to build a very authentic relationship, but I really didn't share a lot about my life, right? Like that was just fun, but I knew a lot about a lot of people's lives. Right, right. No, I built a lot of really great relationships because when I did come in, they knew it was very genuine. And even though I didn't really share as much as they shared with me, they knew what Mm -hmm. I did share was genuine. It was honest. It was truthful. And I feel like people miss out on the mark of when it comes to growing your business, growing a brand that even if it's a, you know, you're sh- whatever you're sharing, it needs to be authentic right. and, and real. Yeah, and definitely. you've done a great job doing that. I want to know, and I'm sure, you know, those that are listening would love to know more about your company. You know, you offer marketing and branding, but we all kind of have our sweet spots. Like what is it that you just absolutely love doing? But tell us, you know, everything in whole um, about your company and what you're doing today. Sure. So um, my company, I'm a marketing consultant. That would be the simple way of explaining what it what I do. And what does that mean? So I either can work as a fractional marketing department or a fractional CMO, and I can do that for both businesses and individuals. Um, Anything that would touch marketing and advertising, my company can handle. I'm not an agency, but I can do agency-like things. One of the areas that, another surprise since I started my company that I wasn't expecting was executives or business owners reaching out to me and asking me to manage personally their own social and building their social presence and helping them with creating their own brands. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it would happen on some level, but it has been the predominant ask that I get contacted over is I want to do what you've done on LinkedIn. I want to have a, you know, a brand image on Google. You know, can you help me? So I work with companies and I also work with individuals. And, you know, someone told me right before I made the announcement in October about my company, because my business was formed in August. And then I spent a few months really working on my website and just getting everything in order. And someone said to me, whatever you think your business is right now today, mm-hmm. is going to be completely different one year from now. Mm-hmm. And I never thought of that. And it's so true because what's happening is it's starting to evolve where we're doing more social media management 
for executives yeah. and for companies where it was something that I hadn't planned to do as a deliverable, mm-hmm. you know, doing consultations and working as a fractional marketing department, that is what I had anticipated. Um, but getting, you know, executives who are reaching out to me and saying, I don't have time to do this. I love what you do. Can you do mine for me? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the long and the short of it. So are you doing this all yourself? Do you have a team that's supporting you? I do. I have a creative team that supports me. Um, the, the social accounts that I'm managing right now, I'm managing myself, but in the next month or so, I'm going to be hiring a project manager slash account manager who's going to help me because uh, it's growing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people have asked me, well, how are you going to scale and what are you going to do? And, you know, I really wasn't anticipating scaling in a sense where I was not actively involved with all of my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been kind of grappling just, you know, with, do I want to grow? Do I want to keep growing or do I want to have, you know, my small base of clients and just work with those particular clients? So We'll see, but I definitely need some more support for sure that I'm working on. <laughs> well, I mean, at least from my experience with social media, it's a lot of work. Like it it's is. a lot of behind the it scenes. Is. It is and for so sure. You being able to, you know, provide that and um, still manage your your life and everything, because that's okay. the thing is like social media is like. Um, you know, you can either look at it on your phone, you can get on it on your computer. So right. it's so readable that you're like, Hey, I'm going to do some, like, um, at least for me, I do, um, what do I call it? Not necessarily investigating, but I'm going to educate myself and like, what's the new, what's new, new, maybe I should be dabbling in these kind of ideas and this concept, or, you know, those posts are trending really right. well. And then sometimes I'm like, <laughs> down. Hey, don't look at your phone. It's so true. I mean, I'm very, very connected to my phone and to my computers. And, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not as scary to me in a sense where I just, it, like, it's second nature for me. Mm-hmm. Because when, when you're running a marketing department for a business, it's part of it. And at one time I was managing like 48 social accounts. So for me, it's not, and that was just myself and two others. I mean, so it doesn't scare me. It's just kind of like part of the process. Yeah. It's kind of part of it. But I think the difference now is that I'm doing it for my company and it's not for someone else. So that's the exciting part about what I'm doing, but it's, it's a lot of fun and yeah, it's great. When you see that you're like, Hey, I've, I've been doing it for another company. Why can't I do it for myself? You know, you've had the experience, you know what you're doing. Right. Um, it's kind of just like flopping it over to, you know, you being the, the, uh, not, I was going to say like, uh, the benefiter, but obviously you have your team that's benefiting as well, but you're in control. That's the word or you're in control. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I visualize this and this is what, you know, it makes me excited. And that's, you know, when I decided to do this, you know, I'm sure you're the same way when you think about, starting your company, like it's scary. You think about all the things that could go wrong and that might go wrong. But I also think about, you know, what could go right and how things could 
potentially get even better. And to me, that's exciting. And knowing that yeah. I'm connecting, you know, business owners and I'm helping their businesses and they're making more money and they're helping their families. So, you know, that's all part of it. What kind of helped you ripped off, rip off that bandaid? Cause as you know, the doing your, starting your own company, is, it never feels like the perfect time, at least yeah. from a lot of the entrepreneurs I've spoken to, but you know, what yeah. made you feel like you are going to like rip that bandaid off and jump into the deep waters? So I was sitting in my kitchen with my boy. Well, I don't, I don't like to call him my boyfriend because I feel like I'm 15 when I say he's my boyfriend. <laughs> he's my partner, but he hates it when I call him that. So we'll call him my boyfriend. Um, we were sitting in my kitchen, we were talking and it was kind of late one night. And I said, I really want to do this. I want to start my own consulting company, but I just, I don't know if I can. And he was like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You, it doesn't work out. You go work for someone else out of the, how matter, you know, followers that you have, all the people that, you know, mm -hmm. who are constantly reaching out to ask you to go work for them, you know? what are you so afraid of? And he said, you need to have a conversation with yourself and you need to have a conversation. You need to talk to yourself about what you're really afraid of and what's really holding you back. And then you need to manage that and you need to work through it because you can do this. You're the only one who can, you know, get yourself to do it. And truly what was really scary for me was not having the stability of um, having my own benefits, you know, through a company. Mm -hmm. I'm a single parent. And, you know, having the income, you know, the, um, the paychecks. Yes. And that was really scary for me. And I just did it. Yeah. <laughs> I just said, I'm doing it. And I did it. And you I, I'm looking back. You always have to have someone or at least, so I would say one person at best in your life that is in your corner that is supportive like that. Yeah. If you, yeah. if some, if you don't have someone like that, mm -hmm. gosh, life is going to be difficult. You know, it's so yeah. important to find people who are able to see everything that you can achieve. And then when you want to yeah. hit those goals, tell you, why yeah. not? Absolutely. Go. You know, what's myself. the worst that's going to happen? You just say, oh, it didn't work out. And yeah. you figure out whatever your, you know, your, real plans are, but if it's Absolutely. something so passionate in your heart, it's going to work. It just yeah. may take a few tries or yeah. avenues. I think it would have taken a lot longer if I didn't have him pushing me. I mean, I push myself, I'm driven, I'm motivated, but it was something that was very scary for me. Absolutely. And he pushes me and he, he pushes me to places that I might not necessarily push myself to. And I'm very grateful to have him right. in my life because I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't have him like on my side pushing me. I love that. It's like I said, it's so important to have people like that. And sometimes I feel like maybe there are some of us who don't surround ourselves with people that motivate us, right? When yeah. you start to become a hungry person or someone who's a big achiever or very ambitious it right. scares people and yeah. people like to be in their comfort zone. And so they end up dragging you down. So anyone listening, that's right. You got to, you know, make sure that you have <laughs> your only person or people around you. Right. 
I mean, I think that's really something also that when you surround yourself with people who are like-minded and people who are positive and you not necessarily drop, but you remove the people from your life who aren't with you and who aren't supporting you and you're not supporting. Mm -hmm. I think that making that shift also in my life has also helped my outlook and my mindset because I only surround myself with people who I'm supporting and who are supporting me. It goes both ways. Love it. I love it. And I 100% fully agree with that because I've been on multiple sides of the spectrum where I used to be surrounded by people who were very um, conservative and close-minded and, um, I, I couldn't see the world. I could, I knew that the world was so much bigger, but mm-hmm. you know, being in a group with people who would only see life in one way, I was like, I needed to open my eyes more. And then I got to a point mm-hmm. where I was scaring people with my ambition. And I thought that they were really close to me and, you know, my best friends and there is family. And when I started to show my true colors of my ambition and my drive, mm-hmm. they just attacked me. Yeah. And it wasn't until I met my husband, um, you know, six years ago where, you know, it was finally somebody who was like, your ambition, your drive. Yes. I love it. You know? And, and even if he, you know, is the one kind of in the background doing stuff that people don't see, he's my number one supporter. And I'm like, I don't know. I knew I was a strong person. I have gone through so much as an individual, but like you said, you know, with, with your, you know, partner, boyfriend, that they just give you that extra gumption of feeling like yeah. I've got this. I really Absolutely. don't feel the fear and everybody needs someone like that. And you, know, if you allow yourself to be open to find those people. They will come to you. Definitely. Absolutely. And I have girlfriends that are like that too, you know, and it's, yeah. there's nothing better than to have you know, a girlfriend, yes. you know, regardless if they're working or not, because I have a lot of girlfriends who don't work and they are just as supportive as, you know, my girlfriends who are CEOs of companies. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's good to have good people in your corner who are rooting for you and that, you know, no matter what, that they're there for you and that you can, you know, operate the same way for them. What are some of your big goals coming up? Do you have it? You know, (laughs) I have so many. (laughs) Well, my first goal is to finish losing the rest of the COVID weight that I've gained since 2020. (laughs) That's my first goal on my list. I got a Peloton. And so I don't know if you have one. No, I want one because I also have gained uh, COVID weight too. (laughs) Oh my God. So I went from running around all these different businesses every single day to being home sitting on my butt essentially in front of a computer. Um, so, and needless to say, you know, kitchen's not far either, <laughs> so, yeah. but the Peloton has been great. So, you know, I think that also part of, you know, success is your health. And yes. to me, that's a huge priority right now is just getting healthy Absolutely. and just feeling good and, you know, just, you know, keep on, you know, the momentum going, but I've got some um, partners that I'm going to be announcing some things with over the next couple of months. Um, And I'm just, you know, I'm really excited to see what the future is going to hold and to kind of see how my company evolves over, you know, the next six months since I just celebrated 
my sixth month in business. So I'm excited to see what the next Congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited for you too. I feel like in a year from now, even six months from now, you're going to be just rocking and rolling. You're going to do some really yeah. great things. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you end up deciding, you know, whether or not you want to stay, you know, very inclusive and have your select clients, or if you're like, you know, here we go. We're going to make a uh, empire of your consulting. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Only time will tell. to do amazing at either one. And, you. you know, having, you know, having your knit group of, you know, your clients or however you grow your brand, you know, there's passion and love and creation behind it. So you can't lose any way. Before we end though, I love that you wrote a children's book and I think that's so amazing. And you wrote it in an industry that, you know, may not have uh, these types of books for, you know, with mommies. There's not a lot. So, you know, tell us like what, what inspired you? I'm sure your girls. Yeah, no, my girls definitely inspired it. So in 2020, it was kind of like a COVID distraction project because it was just a crazy time. And my kids were home with me. Um, and at the time they were, uh, five and six and it was something that we did together where the book is narrated in, you know, from their voice or their point of view. And it's about two little girls that go to a car dealership with their mom who handles the marketing and they interact with different women in different departments. So for example, in the shop, you have female technician, it, you know, different parts of the dealership, you have a female sales manager, other women that they're interacting with. When you're a kid in the car business, going into a dealership is like one of the most exciting things if your parent works there, because everyone is so nice. Everyone is so excited to see kids. Um, the, the group that I was working for, we had a candy bar in every dealership. You know, whenever my kids came in with me, which they did frequently, they got gifts, they got candy. I mean, they were so spoiled and, you know, they have good memories of working with me. And when my girls were really little, when they were two and three, um, I asked them, you know, do you understand what mommy does for work? And my older one said, mommy, you work with cars. So that's why my book is called Our Mommy Works With Cars because of something that my daughter said. So it's a fun thing. Um, that I put out. There isn't a lot of literature for children on the car business, especially from more of a female perspective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I was so glad you did that. And I'm sure this yeah. is a great legacy to leave your daughters. And it's very, you know, they, they're going to feel like they're a part of it as well, especially since you added, you know, some of their actual sayings. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, they love it. And you know, they, they were very excited. And um, last year, for example, I read to my daughter's kindergarten class from the book, which was really cute to just read that to the kids. Oh, that is sweet. Yeah, it was very cute. And, you know, it was just, it was something fun that I always wanted to accomplish. So maybe at some point down the road, I'll do a non-children's book, <laughs> but we'll and see. You definitely have a wealth of knowledge to share, especially, you know, you are you know, I mean, I would say self-made in regards to marketing and creating your consulting business. You yeah. know, you didn't 
feel like, oh, just because I didn't go to four year program of business and marketing, that doesn't mean that, you know, I, I can't learn and have expertise in this. So yeah, absolutely. It's very inspirational. Um, okay. Before we end, I am sure people are going to be very fascinated to hear your story and want to know more about you. Sure. Where can our listeners find you? Um, on my website, melanieborden.com is the best place to reach me. Um, also, I'm on Instagram as mborden LLC, and I'm on Twitter as mborden LLC, and um, YouTube, Melanie Borden, as well as LinkedIn, Melanie Borden. I love it. And I know that I already asked in regards to if you know you have any you know, upcoming things with your company, but maybe in general, do you have anything coming up? So I do on my website, I have a shop. I call it a content shop and there's lots of different downloads that you can have from, you know, content prompts to marketing eBooks. I have, I think six or seven marketing eBooks that are on the website. Um, you know, different, like a LinkedIn checklist and some other content for someone who, you know, might not be ready to hire a marketing consultant for their company, but they might want to kind of get a sense of my style and, you know, how they can learn a little bit more about building their own brand or working on their marketing presence. What and a it's great on my idea. website under That's shop. A great idea. Anyone, yeah, for those listening, if you want to kind of have an understanding of marketing and, it, you know, specifically Melanie's style and how she's become successful you know, that's a great value add for people. It's very simplistic. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's overwhelming and it's going to definitely be full of knowledge and wealth. So thank you so much again, Melanie. I appreciate you. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Karina. Thanks for joining us this week on Unstoppable. Make sure to visit my website, karinaburton.com, where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you never miss a show. While you're at it, make sure to leave a review. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Karina Burton. And remember, your past and current circumstances do not define your future. Keep chasing after your dreams into reality.